Hello, my name is Jackson McMoey. Hello, my name is Adeline McMoey. And this is No Nerds Allowed. I can't, there's no, no funny no nerds, sounds in that no one. No Nerds Allowed. Oh, oh, Allowed. No Nerds Allowed. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No Nerds Allowed. This was a bad joke. Okay. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that would be funnier in my head, but that's okay. Not every, not every joke is a winner. <laughs> Okay, Adeline. You gotta know when to hold them. Know when to <laughs> no. hold them. Know when no to win. walk away. Know when no to win. run. Know when to do the Mr. President voice. You and never count not to do your money. Mon and you're sitting at the table. How good would it be if we wrote a parody of Wait, that gotta, song about podcasting? Know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to one. No. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adeline. Yeah, hello. Hello. I, hello. I am taking... <laughs> yes, hello, hello. I am taking a social media marketing class this quarter. Great. So, and No Nerds Allowed is kind of my project in it. So Great. that means I'm going to be so fucking on the ball for our social media for this podcast for like a month and a half. And then after... Because I'm going to be graded on my ability to do yeah, so. Yeah, how good you're doing. And then after that... I. Probably won't be, but Great. if you're looking for some top-notch quality content uh -huh. on our Twitter, on our Facebook page, on Help our Jackson Instagram, not fail this class. <laughs> on my LinkedIn that I have now. Oh, did you I'm, make a LinkedIn? <laughs> I yes, I made a LinkedIn, and I put all my professional qualifications on it, like Great. host of a bad podcast. Um, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> voice actor for a bad podcast. Um, composer hey, you, you can't, for you a can't bad call podcast. That, you can't call that podcast bad. You can call this podcast bad. <laughs> Writer of bad articles. For a bad newspaper. <laughs> I'm just being mean now, but still. Yeah, no, it's gonna be fired from said bad newspaper. <laughs> um, but if you're looking, all our social media is at no nerds pod. Yeah. So be prepared. Our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram are gonna get some great exclusive content. And... Ow. For the next, like, month and a half. And then after that, they probably will not. But for now, it's going to be a real roller coaster. I almost called you Mason. Jack, so what you got to do is you just got to put a gun to my head and be like, fucking draw stuff for the podcast. Because, like, I want to, <laughs> okay. but I won't because I'm just like that. I'm just quirky like that. Right. So you just have to be like, hey, fucking draw stuff. And then I will. I will. Here's something we could do right now. Okay. In order to improve our brand, our personal branding. Okay. Uh, record record this episode of the podcast. <laughs> we could do that first and foremost. Yes. But within that, uh -huh. um, what are we going to call our listeners? What's their fan base oh. name? Let's just call them all one, like, regular name. Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> this is not a good bit because every, not. not everybody knows what you're talking about. Okay, great. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Cool guys. <laughs> Our listeners are just called cool guys. If What's you listen, up, then cool you're a cool guys? guy. <laughs> yeah. What's up, cool guys? There's no nerds allowed. Yeah, That's don't you like good. it? Do you have any counter pitches? I mean, just like nerds, but that's not. 
No, that's the opposite it's of good. good. <laughs> it's not good, but I'll say it. Um, you're putting me on the spot, creative, creatively, creatively. It's okay. You can just admit that nothing will ever be funnier than cool guys. Yeah, you're right. Creatively, <laughs> that's how you say that word. What the fuck is wrong with me? Why can't I speak? I don't know. I don't know if it's just been like lately, but like every time I like try to say words, it doesn't. It doesn't come out right. They're not words. I don't know. Can and I tell I you a medium where I have to say words? So that's great. <laughs> this isn't funny, but can I just tell you for real, for real? Sure. Um, I've started going out to my car and doing vocal warm ups before I record this podcast, and it genuinely yeah. helps with that a lot. Yeah, I should probably do that because what I do, which I would not recommend, is I don't talk to anybody for six hours and then I sit down and record a <laughs> podcast. Where I talk for an hour straight. <laughs> so, Adeline. Yes. This is it. This is the big climactic podcast episode. <laughs> in which, we, you got it, Star Wars Episode 1, <laughs> The Phantom Menace. We've been so building up to it for so long. the whole podcast has been leading up to. No, we today watched the final installment in the Harry Potter... Saga, the Harry Potter saga. And I shouldn't have done that for the intro because now it's just going to cast a pallor over the entire episode. (laughs) And we're just going to start talking like that every once in a while for no reason. Yeah, and you just got to learn to deal with it, cool guys. (laughs) Cool guys. Listen up, cool guys. (laughs) Listen up, cool guys. We're going to talk like a baby sometimes. And there's nothing you can do to stop us. And you just got to accept that. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, this, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. Uh-huh, which, uh-huh. can I be frank? Which I didn't title? really point this out last episode. Um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 1 and Part 2 are horrible names for feature films. Yeah. Can we agree no, on that? Bad. First of all, it's already kind of a long title, and then adding part one or part two onto it is bad. Yeah. Um, second of all, the Deathly Hallows is gibberish, unless you know the story or already. watching the film, yeah. And even if... It, it is based on a book, so you could know. But if you were only watching the movies, the phrase Deathly Hallow has not been uttered Nothing. at all before the movie titled The Deathly Hallows. That's true. So, and when you watch the first, when part one, they don't even say the word Deathly Hollows till like an hour into the movie. Yeah, so the whole time you're just like, what's this garbage phrase what that is the title about? of this movie? <laughs> that has nothing to do with any other Harry Potter book that's ever been written. I literally, I remember when um, this book was coming out and uh-huh. I was very excited about it. Yes. Um, because I was reading Harry Potter when I was a kid as they were coming out. Um not the whole way through. I think I probably started. I remember the sixth one coming out, and I think I read the seventh one as soon as it came out. Um, yeah. But I remember hearing the phrase Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows and being like, that sounds cool. And asking my mom, being like, Mom, what does is, what is the Deathly Hollows mean? And her just being like, um, uh, nothing. Nothing that's garbage. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> I you reading like... these books anymore. <laughs> I just have to be like, oh, uh, okay. And she, she just I mean, stared at you right in the eyes, and she just started screaming, and she collapsed, <laughs> and that's when you knew. And truthfully, I think she said, um, I think that's just kind of a nonsense word. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense, I guess. Um, so, what did you think of this film, Adeline? 
I really liked it. Okay, I yeah. really liked part one, but watching part two, part two makes part one look like trash. Part yeah, one totally. looks like wandering around in the wilderness for two hours, and then in part I mean, two, it is we that. Like, and then part two, we like do things, and it's like, whoa! Yeah, no. this movie's so good. Imagine how good the first one could have been if we did things. <laughs> well, it just feels like part one is like somebody like setting a volleyball up, and then part two just fucking slams it right in and scores the yeah. winning game. Uh, and like, God, this movie just rules so hard. It's really it's almost good. like, and it's set up in such a way that it has a really consistent, really strong energy. Like, yeah, you're just moving really and doing stuff, like, all the time, and there's practically no time to, like, catch your breath. Um, I this also... the antithesis of part one, which <laughs> right, is exactly. really interesting. It's kind of... It's kind of the Order of the Phoenix to part one's Half-Blood Prince. That's the worst analogy ever, and I apologize yeah. for it. It also but, felt like um, you're gonna throw up right before you said it. <laughs> I had a burp. Like your um, body was rejecting the was thought you rejecting just rejecting that analogy. <laughs> In the words of Griffin Newman, Cars Three makes Cars Two look like Cars One. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> so that's, this see, movie... that's a really good metaphor. I completely <laughs> understand that metaphor. <laughs> okay, first and foremost, I want to put this at the beginning of the episode, because I feel like it needs to be addressed, right? Okay. Um, is it Snape is not your uwu baby? <laughs> I mean, that also. Okay. But um, I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Okay, but great. first and foremost, related to that, okay. they, in the last episode, when the doe shows Harry where the sword is... Yeah. Um... We were like, oh, that's so stupid. It's just, like, his mom showing up in Patronus form to to show him something. That's so dumb. That's such Harry Potter bullshit. Yeah. This is our this is our correction segment in which we say, no, no, ja- whoopsie-daisy. It's just different Harry Potter bullshit. It's just Not Snape. really, though. But it, it okay, makes sense. But how the fuck does Snape know where this word? Oh, it's because, okay, I, I figured it out. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, it makes sense. We were wrong, and it makes it sense. Makes this sense. is us but saying my bad. But to be fair, to be fair, with the information that we had... From the part one and not remembering what happens in part two. It was just kind of like, this just seems like more Harry Potter bullshit. And there was enough <laughs> Harry Potter bullshit going on that it was just like another thing on the pile. Right. So yeah. don't, also, don't at me. <laughs> also, more corrections that nobody was getting on us about, but I've just been thinking about ever since they happened. <laughs> You've just been eating you alive. Yes. In our Men in Black episode, I said that F. Gary Gray directed Fast Five. Not true at all. Justin Lin directed five or Fast Five. Oh, so My that's bad. not even related to anything. <laughs> yep. At uh-huh. all. all right. So cool. I, because because I was saying like, well, because F. Gary Gray directed Men in Black, the bad one, the new one, yeah. and I was like, oh man, that's such a bummer because he directed those really good Fast and Furious movies, but he didn't. It was somebody else, so I didn't even know what I was talking about. So he's also, just bad, he's just a bad director. <laughs> I don't remember what episode it was, but you definitely called John Krasinski John Krankowski, um, and I didn't correct you <laughs> because you were really on a roll about something, yeah. um, and I didn't want to interrupt you, but you definitely called John Krasinski John Krankowski. <laughs> Is that a real person? He pl- John Krasinski plays Jim on The Office, and yeah, he's no, the director John of A Cran- Quiet who's, Place. Who's John Krankowski? What did I say? <laughs> nobody. Nobody. Okay, good. Krankowski what is what she said. 
and you're like talking really passionately about something and I didn't want to be like, um, Adeline, it's Krasinski. <laughs> Who's this so, person that you just made and issued into the world? <laughs> if your name is John Kronkowski, please message us. If your name is John Kronkowski, we will have you on the podcast. That is a promise. Um, <laughs> okay, so opening of this film, right? Yeah. They show you Voldemort digging up Dumbledore's grave straight up. The part that we just like, they just like glued onto the back end of the part one. Now they're just going to glue it onto the front end of part two. <laughs> right. Because yeah. it doesn't really have a place anywhere because it kind of yeah. doesn't line up with anything else. So we're just like, be, be remembered that this happened. <laughs> um, okay. I want to say, um, okay. this movie and the previous four Harry Potter movies are, like, incredibly directed movies, right? Oh, yeah. They're, like, gorgeous, and they have a cinematic language that is so consistent and so deeply... It's it's a really subjective style of filmmaking where, like, the camera movements and the decisions are always really deeply reflective of, like, the characters you're seeing and what they're yeah. feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, and it rules. And David Yates is a really spectacular director, especially in this final movie. Um, and let's take a look at um, his filmography since. Oh, God. Um, he made the bad Tarzan movie, The Legend cool, of Tarzan. Cool, cool. The one with all the ghost gorillas. And then he made two bad Harry Potter spinoffs that were bad. Wait, so, did, like, he do, did he do Fantastic Beasts? Yeah, how, he's... How he's, get up all on him? He's currently signed on to do all of the Fantastic Beasts movies. Oh, so... And, like, it just bums me out. Like, this is a really talented guy. He did... I don't know. He doesn't really have anything else in his filmography. He kind of got Order of the Phoenix out of nowhere. I mean, not out of nowhere. Um, Actually, I think he was a television director. Let me see. I'm trying to figure out what he was up to before Harry Potter. This guy's whole life. Yeah, but, like, seriously, and it's, like, he did a really good job at it for a little while, but now it just feels like he's, like, locked into it and doesn't give a shit anymore. (laughs) Well, I think he was, like, he got a Harry Potter movie, and he was, like, oh, I'm, I'm passionate. I, like, I can do something with this. Like, I know, I know what to do with this. And then they were, like, do you want to never stop making Harry Potter movies? (laughs) I think he's kind of, like, well, I already cared about that as much as I could care about it so I don't have any caring <laughs> right. left in me and like the one time he deviated away from it and like really dedicated himself to like a passion project he made fucking the legend of Tarzan yeah <laughs> which is just which like nobody saw where Alexander Skarsgård plays Tarzan and Samuel L. Jackson is the bad guy yeah it's like what is this what are you doing David you gotta get it together <laughs> you Pick something else. Do, do you something think, else. Do you think if it does come to pass that there are indeed five Harry or five Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the movies? That's so and he directs all of them. Do you think he'll at some point get it together and make a really good one? I thought you were gonna ask me if he'd kill himself. <laughs> I really thought that's what you were gonna ask me. No. <laughs> But do you think he'd make a good one, though, eventually? Just sheer law of like, large numbers? I, yeah, law of law. Whoa, holy shit. God, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you say so. Yeah, like, law of large numbers. Like, he's got to at some point, right? 
Like, five movies. That's a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies. Like, like most things get a sequel. Everything gets a sequel these days. But, like, a lot of things get sequels. Not everything gets five movies. Especially <laughs> after the in. second one just flops. Like, what? Only a right. Harry Potter movie could do so badly and then get three more sequels. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Right. And the weird thing about Fantastic Beasts is that they're not like a Star Wars or a Marvel or an Avatar where they're like, okay, um, we've got a plan and we're going to like go all in on this production and we're going to make them quickly so we can get them all out of the way sort of at once, you know, and have uh-huh. like a really dedicated plan to make sure that we stay relevant over the, the span of time that these movies are coming out, right? Um, yeah, they're just like, we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, like, we'll it's make like this every, movie someday. Th- every three or four years, we'll come out with another one. It's not really a priority, but we'll get to it, you <laughs> we know? We know that no one really likes them, but we're going to keep <laughs> right. making them. I know. Because the first one, I guess they were only two years apart. I guess Fantastic Beasts 2 was 2016. I remember because it was right when I got the job at the movie theater. And I, did you get to like? Didn't you like illegally get to see like the midnight release or something? No. What I did with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was um, the day I came in to sign my paperwork. They were like, "Oh yeah, and you know when you start working, you get movies for free and all this kind of stuff." So I signed the paperwork that said, "Yes, I work here now." And then I went down to the box office. It was just like, "Hey, what's up? Um, uh, can I just go see the the new Harry Potter for free?" And they're like, "Yeah, I guess." Like, nobody knew who I was, but I was just like, cool, tight, right. see, you, see you guys around. Yeah, I'll ask for your name later. I'm going to yeah. be late for the movie. <laughs> um, no, I did get to see a Were you also, like, illegally. dressed as Harry Potter while you signed the paperwork? <laughs> that would have been great. And then just never showed up for work after that. Right. Yeah, just, it was just the long con so I could go this, see fucking yeah, Fantastic exactly. Beasts and where to find them. They'll never suspect a thing. <laughs> and then I also ran into somebody that I knew in that theater also. So I was just like, hey, what's up? I probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> this is on- this is only marginally okay. Right. I did get... It, working at the theater was cool, though. I did get to see a lot of movies illegally. I yeah. got to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2, like, literally a full week before it came out. Yeah. Because for some reason, they gave us the copy, like, way in advance. And they were just like, well, uh, it's, like, Sunday, and the movie comes out next Friday, but, you know, we can have a screening. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, well, tight. I, that was the thing, where it's like, you would get the movies early, and then, like, you would have, like, an employee-only viewing. Uh-huh. And, like, you weren't allowed to talk about the movie after you saw it. <laughs> exactly. So I just had to walk around in the world for, like, a week knowing how rad Guardians 2 was and just yeah. keep it to myself. <laughs> Uh, who is it? It's I don't remember if it's a comedian or who is it. It has that bit where they like won some contest and they got to watch Star Wars like a week before it came right. out. Right, that was Stephen Colbert. Just, Stephen Colbert, yeah, and just had to like exist in the world. <laughs> like, can you imagine that being like I the know. only person who's ever seen Star Wars? Right, and just be like, oh. like that Every... must be what like a time traveler is like, right? Just be <laughs> right, like, you yeah. Guys, oh, like man. everything's different now, and yeah. nobody even knows. <laughs> Oh, God, there's a big storm coming, folks. <laughs> um, okay, so we've we've beat around the bush long enough. We've yeah. beat off the bush long enough. I that's a joke I made in a previous... <laughs> it's a joke I made in a previous podcast. It's an oldie but a goodie. I think it's very funny. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's really interesting that the first... Besides Voldemort, like, the first real character 
that we mm-hmm. decide to focus on is Snape as the headmaster of Hogwarts, right? Yeah. Um, the movie's really going out of its way to draw attention to Snape as a, a major player in this story in a way that yeah. he hasn't necessarily always been. Which what do you think weird. about Snape, See, Adeline? Has your stance I, changed on whether or not he is your uwu baby? I, don't, I just still don't think he's my uwu baby. Oh, uh, yeah? But let's uh, so say, it's weird that they cast such a strong lay on him, seeing as the only thing he does in this movie is die, so... <laughs> right, fair enough. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Wait, okay, here's here's a more concise statement about the things that I've pretty much already said. But it's like, okay, so just because Snape is not an evil person does not mean that he is a good person. Like, I think, I just don't like how much the series tries to turn him into a hero, and I just don't think he's a hero. Like, I think he's done heroic things, but I also think he's done heroic things for kind of the wrong reason. Like, am I the only one that's, like, deeply, deeply, like, unnerved and made uncomfortable with that shot where he's holding Lily while the baby Harry is, like, (laughs) crying in the crib? Like, that shot is disturbing to me. Because there's a baby infant crying, and he's just completely ignoring it. Like, I don't know what that shot was supposed to make me feel, but for me, it's just, like, really unnerving, and it, it make, I don't right. like it, and I don't like Snape. He's not my uwu baby. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, fair enough. <laughs> I, um, I'm just, sorry, there's been that meme going around from that Cody Ko video <laughs> where yeah. he's like, I didn't understand a fucking word you said, but hell yeah, man, I'm going to speak my truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just been going through my head like all weekend. I think that's so funny. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> anyway, not relevant at all. Um, no. <laughs> but yeah, and like, the thing that really sticks in my craw about Snake's fucking A, about <laughs> Snape's story, yeah, is that... um. He doesn't, the whole thing is like, oh, he was on the side of good the whole time. Um, but he doesn't really do anything. No, he doesn't. Right? They're like, you protected Harry every single day. And it's like, he didn't, though. Right. Well, he it's not even like, necessarily that. He, like, I mean, kind of punched him a few times. <laughs> I mean, look, he, I will, I will believe that there were things that happened sort of off camera in the previous yeah. installments where Snape was truly looking out for Harry, even yeah, if we're not explicitly told a bullet list times of that it happened. Yeah. Um, my point is just that, like, when it really counts, when Snape is the headmaster of Hogwarts and he's in charge of everything and acting as a double agent, he is in a really unique position to help people and fight from the inside, but he just doesn't. He doesn't, yeah. Yeah, he and then he dies. He <laughs> children are, like, killed and abused and being tortured. Right. And, like, I get that, like, he, he has to toe the line because he's a double agent, but right. he just doesn't do anything, and then he yeah. gets murked. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, maybe you already have that extended, like, 20-minute flashback sequence. Just put yeah. put some more recent ones in there. Be like Snape yeah. being sneaky and saving some kids and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. To just have him do anything in this movie except <laughs> be like, I, your just, mom was so hot, and then right. just die. <laughs> um. Okay, okay. Speaking of David Yates. I, I was an alpha, but she <laughs> couldn't understand that. God damn it. Filthy no, your cock of a father. Alpha. No, Snape is an incel. He's not an alpha. Oh, absolutely. Oh, um, and Jackson, every 
Every incel thinks they're an alpha. No, they don't. They they bemoan the fact that they're not alphas. It's they're he's, two different. They're two different these are schools two of thought. Right? Yeah, of no. Incels men. are like, oh, I'm so intelligent. These are and... different <laughs> warring factions. <laughs> exactly. No. Let me say, incels. They're like, oh, I'm so intelligent. Girls, I'm just nice, and girls don't like that. And women are evil because they don't understand how great I am. Um, and uh, alphas are like, oh. I'm so hot, that's why I get all the ladies, and ladies are probably just stupid, because I'm super cool, and men these days are betas, and they are emasculated by SJWs. They're different. They're very different things. Choose Both your bad, fighter, but different. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and I don't know. The thing about Snape is just that I, I, I really just do wish that he did more. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, here's my pitch for um, David Yates, okay? Um, oh, I thought you were going to say for Sever Snape, a Star Snape. Wars story. <laughs> no. I mean, look, I mean, just what I said, I would have just, it wouldn't have been that hard to show just some show more. Just show more, and that, yeah. that flashback is already so long, and no one would care if it was longer. And it's like, it doesn't have to be like some grand, incredible gesture, just like little bits peppered in, like a yeah. kid that he saved. Or, yeah. a, like, just a handful of people that he just something good for in this horrible, oppressive time, you know, yeah. while he's working or like a double Or sometimes he, like, did good for Harry that Harry, like, never even knew about. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, but here's here's what I think David Yates should do, right? Um, I, like, I want to draw attention to Snake's... God fucking damn it. You've done that twice. <laughs> Listen, his name is stupid. I'll give you that, but... Because Snape's death at the hands of a snake is very upsetting, right? Yeah. Like, and we've talked before about David Yates's sort of ability and proclivity to make moments in this series be really genuinely distressing, right? Oh, yeah. He's got sort of a horror sensibility, but I wouldn't describe him as a full-on horror filmmaker, you know? No, absolutely So here's, here's what I think. Okay. Um Universal Studios is doing their their dark universe, right? Uh-huh. Um, originally, they thought The Mummy was going to start it. It was going to be a big blockbuster thing, but then that sucked and everybody hated it. So they were like, okay, let's backpedal a little bit. So now... <laughs> not, not that. Not that anymore. <laughs> right. So now they're teamed up with Blumhouse, which is the big, like, horror production company. Um, uh-huh. And they're making a series of, like, not low budget, but lower budget... Yeah. Sort of like thrillers based on these characters. Have you seen the trailer for Invisible Man? No, I haven't. It really looks like it's going to be good. Um, I think I think David Yates should sign on to one of these. I think you should give David Yates like a like a Swamp Thing movie or like a like a Dracula movie or a Frankenstein yeah, movie. Something something horror adjacent, but not... that's not fully like a Blumhouse horror yeah. movie. Well, because like what I want, just because I love the book Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus so much. I just really want like a good Frankenstein movie Mm -hmm. because you have the OG one from like the thirties or whenever that's bad. And has nothing to do with the book. (laughs) And then, but then everyone who's ever made a Frankenstein movie, like past that, like couldn't just make a movie about the book. They had to like do their own weird thing for some reason. New fresh take on it. Like remember I Frankenstein who asked for that? (laughs) Yeah, Because it wasn't me. Um, okay, hold on. 
I am going to... So the boy I brought that up, as I think if David Yates like made a Frankenstein movie, I would be on board with that. That would, that sounds, really, that that would really slap, I think. Um, well, because we, he can handle adapting books, because he did such a good job with this Harry Potter movie. Uh-huh. Like, I think he could really adapt the modern Prometheus in like a really intelligent and cool way. Yeah. Give me just a second. I know that there is a Frankenstein movie... Well, wasn't it might there be a Bride of Frankenstein? Bride of Frankenstein, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about the Bride of Frankenstein, except she's got a cool highlight in her hair. I just want to see if and they have... And that Victor Frankenstein was not smart enough to just not give his son's girlfriend a uterus. Like, that would have solved all <laughs> of his problems. So he's like, all right, here, you want a girlfriend so badly, here she is, but she doesn't have a uterus, so you can't have kids. All of my problems are solved. <laughs> He was just um, like, no, you can't have one. Right. I was just trying to look and see if there was a director attached to it. Uh-huh. I'm not even 100% sure if it's still happening. The only thing anybody can say for certain is that they got Javier Bardem to say that he would play Frankenstein. Which... <laughs> they got him to say it. They, put, <laughs> they, they captured him and they made him right. say it. They made him just say that. Which, frankly, David Yates directing Javier Bardem as Frankenstein and I, it feels really easy, but Helena the bottom Carter is Bride of Frankenstein, but be, especially yeah, like, because yeah. him and or her and David Yates have already worked together. Yeah. It's just a slam dunk. That I think is the perfect pitch. I think you should do that. That's what I have to say. That's what we think. This is the no nerds allowed official thought. Yeah, <laughs> our official stance on what David Tweet Yates that. should Tweet do that next right now, Jackson. Um. So, okay, this is something we talked about a little bit in our last episode about Harry Potter, but yeah. I just have to reiterate it. I don't get why they make such a huge fucking deal out of Dobby dying. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. it doesn't feel that important. And frankly, I think if he just hadn't, I wouldn't be upset about it. Yeah. But, um, what I do think is really cool about this, like, opening scene of this movie is that for a movie that, for a series that takes, like, 100, takes place 100% in, like, the wizarding world of magic fairyland, that we, like, never talk to anybody that isn't just, like, a human person. So mm. it was really cool to have this, like, interaction with a goblin where you can, like, like, he's a goblin character. Like, he has, like, that, like, those, like, high fantasy tones to him where he's like, I'll help you, but only for coin. Like, it just... <laughs> right, yeah. It was just cool. And we just never really explored that. Like, we set it up, and then we just didn't do anything with it, J.K. <laughs> right. Rowling. And, okay, like, here's him, my... Like, going against, like, everything he was taught to, like, break into Green Guts, but only so he could get the sword of Gryffindor, and then the, he doesn't get the sword. It's all really good. Yeah. Here, here's my big Cinevacin's plot hole for that sequence, though. Yeah. Um, why does anybody try to have the sword of Gryffindor? Yeah, it's gonna go it's, wherever it wants to go. Its whole thing is that it just presents itself and teleports around willy nilly. So yeah. if you're like, oh, I have it, it belongs to me now, that's incredible. Who could be so stupid as to think that? Yeah, and then you can't get mad when someone else right. has it. It's like, you stole that from they me. They like, cosmically I really deserve didn't. it. I took a nap and it showed up underneath my pillow. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Um, I've been using it to cut fish. I don't know what you want. Right. Okay. I wish that we had a little bit more detective work about how to find each of the Horcruxes in this movie. Right. Because I feel like the last movie does a good job, like, showing you the whole process of how they track down everything that they find. 
Um, well, it's because they've already found the hard ones, and now they're like, okay, what are all of the important places in the wizarding world? Because that stuff's probably going to be there. You know? Yeah. Like, and Green like, Guts, important wizard place. Hogwarts, important wizard place. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, like, even if you were just lazy about it, I think it would be better than doing nothing, right? If you were like, true. oh, Harry has just uh, kind of this Voldemort intuition that it's going to be there. He just feels that it's probably at Gringotts. I'd be like, okay, that kind of sucks, but I'll buy it. I love um, that line, though, where he's like, I, I looked at Voldemort's mind and I know where the Horcrux is. It's something to do with Ravenclaw. It's at Hogwarts. And Hermione goes, we can't just go to Hogwarts. And I was like, yeah, we can't just go to Hogwarts. We have to wander around in the wilderness for an hour and then go to Hogwarts. And then have our, <laughs> the whole time that we were wandering around the forest mean nothing because the plan goes wrong. And it's like, right. <sighs> but, um, but yeah, and I don't know, just in this movie where they're like, oh, Bellatrix Lestrange, one of Voldemort's followers, has, has a vault at Gringotts. Well, we already, we already established that. Could no, yeah. It's like they say that, and you're like, okay, and they're just like, could be a Horcrux in there, maybe. I don't know. Let's put all our eggs in that basket. Let's spend yeah. just like so much energy breaking into Horcrux because it would kind of make sense if there was one there. <laughs> like, I would, I would buy that. Yeah, it's just like I wish that we had like more of a process to like have a really concrete knowledge of where they need to be. Yeah, I think if I were writing it, what I would do is I would have it be like, oh, Harry got into Voldemort's brain and he knows what all the Horcruxes are. Um, yeah. But then they make a... kind of has to put the puzzle pieces together where right. they are. And they make a plot point of being like, oh, but, you know, Voldemort knew that he could do that. So he gave the Horcruxes to his followers and had him and had them all hide them where he doesn't know where they are so that Harry can't find out. And then yeah. he's like, oh, man, I got to figure out where the goblet of whatever the fuck is and where yeah. the locket of whatever the fuck king turd of shit mountain is uh-huh, um uh-huh. that's how i would write it if i were jk Rowling, yeah, that's what i would word do word for word um I, I mean i think this as cool as that dragon is and don't oh, get are you wrong. about to say you don't like the dragon no i love the dragon okay i don't i i'm uncomfortable with the scene right after that where the movie says that all of these goblins deserve to die because this dragon like it's <laughs> it's just it's just weird what this movie like picks and chooses to care about it's like <laughs> right. there's this abused dragon we're gonna care about that it's like that's fine but it's like because this happened we're we're not gonna feel bad when all of these goblins just get fucking murdered by Voldemort <laughs> in two seconds because they're because right. they're animal abusers and it's like okay but this seems like a weird stance to take fair enough fair enough um this is that dragon looks so fucking good it for does. like, like 2007 still, yeah like I was really impressed by how really nice that dragon looks yeah it looks um, great and it's a cool design, too, that it's, like, kind of pale and sickly while also yeah. being, like, big and imposing. There's There are so it's many got, like, cool design choices in, in these movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also... Oh, I just wanted to point out that Helena Bonham Carter fucking mm. kills it playing Hermione. I know. It's she so does such good. a good job. And, like, it's, it's fascinating how powerfully she is able to truly evoke Emma Watson... Yeah. In that performance. It's insane. What were you well, about to say? Well, it's just, like... Well, it just... Well, talking about what you just said. Like, it really does, like, show, like, how well she plays Bellatrix. That, like, she can play Bellatrix wrong. Like, that's just, like, such... <laughs> right. Such good, like, acting technique. It's crazy. Yeah. But I was just gonna say, like, this... This movie is more based on, like, getting from, like, action set piece to action set piece. 
but the action set pieces are just so cool and so creative and so unique where it's like okay we're like we're on this crazy roller coaster on this crazy crazy roller coaster and we get off it and then there's a dragon and then we get into the vault and there's all these cups and as soon as we touch something it starts multiplying and this place is filling up with cups so we have to get out of it and then we're getting attacked and then we have to jump on the dragon from before like it's just it's a part of that like pacing that's like so energetic but just like everything that we're doing is just so cool and creative right and leads directly into the next thing yeah exactly um why don't they just give the dwarf or the goblin the wand they have it they have her wand yeah maybe i don't know they showed it to us earlier i don't know <laughs> i really don't know if it were me this is me. I don't know. I'm, this is a really punch up heavy episode. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just thinking with my writer because we like this guess. movie. <laughs> we really do. Um, if it were me, I would have them be like, oh, "Give us your wand," and she's like, "No, I don't think I will." And then Harry under the cloak be like, "What are you doing? Just give it to him." But she just like digs her heels in and is like, "No, I won't." And then later it'd be like, "What was that? Why did you do that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just didn't. I don't think she would just hand over a wand like that." And they'd be like, "Oh, yeah. that's kind of fun and smart." But they that don't was do smart that. Well, because um, you have that scene earlier where she like someone like says like hello Lady Bellatrix and she's just like hi and they're like what the fuck are you doing Hermione? So for her to like make an acting decision for Hermione Granger to make an acting decision, right. I think would be really fun. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, maybe that's the subtext of that scene, but it doesn't really come across. I don't know. No, it um, just sounds like Hermione panicking. <laughs> um, by the way, the Bellatrix's like curved wand rules yeah super yeah, cool it's so dope Same i don't know why like, all of our protagonists have super lame wands and everyone else has the dopest wands ever like i right. don't know why that is but it's not fair but like curved lightsabers also cool hell. if you if you, you take Ahsoka. something if you take something and you make it curved usually cooler i'm just gonna well, say no, that that's not true Ahsoka doesn't have a curved lightsaber she just like holds her lightsaber backwards and that's dope right. as hell yeah. And that's, like, the littlest thing ever. But I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, she's so much cooler than everyone else in this room. <laughs> no, yeah. Count Dooku has a curved lightsaber. Um, and Asajj like Ventress. Just penis. <laughs> exactly. He's got the power curve. Um, and Asajj Ventress has two curved lightsabers that turn into a double-sided lightsaber. So her lightsaber's like an S curve. That kicks ass, yeah. too. Also um, great. Let's just anyway. talk about cool lightsabers for the rest <laughs> of the podcast. What's your favorite lightsaber? Uh, mine's General Grievous' <laughs> collection of dead guys' lightsabers. I really like Count Dooku's lightsaber. Count Dooku's lightsaber yeah. is probably the best one. It is cool. Oh, wait, okay, it's but like Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Kylo Ren's lightsaber is really, really cool. I love the particle effect on its lightsaber. Like, yeah. the fact that it's a sword is just, like, kind of cool, but, like, the, like, particle effect on it is super cool. Hey, this is Jackson from the future. Just a friendly heads up. We're about to get into some Rise of Skywalker spoilers, so if you do not want to hear them, you can skip to 49 minutes and 30 seconds. Right. I have yet to see episode 9, but, um... I, I watched it yesterday. Oh, yeah. It suck, does it suck ass? It's way... It's, de- it's definitely my least favorite of the new trilogy. Right. It's not. What's, it's definitely enjoyable. It's not good. Cause look, you and I are are big time Last Jedi folks. Yeah, I think um, Last Jedi made a lot of really cool decisions, and then this movie kind of just like undo undoes all of those cool decisions. Right. Which, which is hilarious. Already said. Right. Yeah. No, that's what everybody's saying, and there's a lot yeah. of people who stand really hard for the Last Jedi who are just like furious about this movie, and yeah. somehow even people who hated the Last Jedi also don't like this movie. <laughs> well, because just like... it, it just really does seem like J.J. Abrams was just like, 
I don't like what anyone else did. I'm going right. to do my thing. And it's just like, well, J.J. Abrams, you're a part of a project. You can't just do whatever the fuck you right. want. Yeah. I also think I've discovered that I don't like J.J. Abrams. <laughs> like, I don't think <laughs> do he's ever made... His? I not this. I don't know. Every time I'm like, <laughs> okay. oh, J.J. Abrams made that. I'm like, oh, cool. I didn't like that thing. <laughs> he made the first two Star Trek movies, one of which was good. He made Mission Impossible 3, which is pretty good. Um, he, what, shoot, what am I forgetting? I mean, look, a lot of his best work is as a, as a producer, right? Yeah. Because he's the guy who's behind, like, Cloverfield and, like, the later Mission Impossible movies uh-huh. and stuff like that. Um, that's sort of where, where his real, his real clout comes in. Um, he was also the showrunner on Lost and... Um, oh, he's other the guy that when everyone figured out that Lost was about purgatory, immediately turned around and was like, "Uh, no, it's not about purgatory. <laughs> it's um, uh." <laughs> but uh. I don't think I don't think that was him though, because I know he left after like four seasons. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about Lost except for the fact that it's about right. purgatory. <laughs> right, but then they decided it wasn't, and then they were like, "No, um, it's not," because everyone figured it out after the plane crashed, which happens in the first episode. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, I don't know. I just think it's so funny that J.J. Abrams was like, okay, here's my Star Wars. I'm going to do it like this. And everyone was like, yeah, this is kind of fun. And then Ray J- and Ryan Johnson was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to do it my way. My way is more like this. And then everybody freaked out. And then J.J. Abrams yeah. was like, no, no, fuck that. Fuck that, fuck though. You. I'm going to do fuck my you. thing again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, exactly. Because, listen, the first Star Wars movie, while it was really fun and enjoyable, was just A New Hope again. Like, as much as I really enjoyed the first one, like, it wasn't anything, like, really that new. Like, it seemed like it matched all of the other Star Wars that had come before it. And then you get into The into the Last Jedi, and then he's like, I'm really gonna make, like, some decisions about Star Wars. So I'm gonna try some mm-hmm. new things and do some really cool things. And it's like, okay, you, like, even if you don't, like, love that movie, like, you have to, like, give it some credit for, like, making some really cool decisions. Totally. And then, and then this movie... J.J. Abrams was just like, no, I, my, no, my <laughs> thing, my thing, no. Um, it's oh, like, okay, it's but... like when kids are playing pretend and they're like, well, I have a, I have a force field. Well, I have a force field eating dog, so. <laughs> right. Um, okay, no, what I wanted to ask you, though, is the cool hinged lightsaber as cool as it seems? It, it's. It, no. No? <laughs> it, oh, bummer. It, they, do, they do something cool with it, but the scene that it's in is about five seconds long. Oh, so really? So, like, it doesn't have enough time to be cool. Cool. Okay, fine. Fine. Um, they do. They fucking... Sorry, hold on. Maybe spoiler. It, there's just that, that scene with the curved lightsaber, because it's Ray's, like, evil lightsaber or whatever. Right. But I still don't know this, what that's about, but whatever. It's just... Well, it's just the evil Ray has pointed teeth, and it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I... It's, it's, this movie might be bad. <laughs> yeah. Have you, seen, have you seen that tweet that's just, like... It's just like a back and forth where it's like, Ryan Johnson, light and dark are abstract concepts, and the real evil is is the bourgeoisie who it's are neutrality. funding both sides of yeah. this horrible war. And then it's like, J.J. Abrams, the bad guys have pointed teeth in this one. Yeah, no, literally, <laughs> that's what, like my biggest, first of all. So like at the end, at the, we're just going to talk about... The, yeah, no, it's fine. We're going to talk about Star Wars for a little bit. At the end of The Last Jedi, like we get like, we've been having this conversation about neutrality, and then Ben is just like, 
the Sith are terrible, the Jedi are terrible, I'm not a part of anything, I am a new empire that's gonna get rid of the past and do our own thing. Right. And it's like, oh, damn. And then at the start of the next movie, he's like, I'm gonna be the new Sith overlord! <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Did, did you even watch the other movie, J.J. Right. Abrams? Because I don't think you did. It's like he just didn't even, like, ask. He just kind of assumed how it went down. Yeah, he was and... like, this is what you did, right? And he's like, no, I did my own cool thing. He was like, oh, well, bummer. Fuck, Last Jedi rules. Last Jedi is so Last good. Jedi is a great movie. Okay, also, fucking, okay, another movie spoiler. There's this... We all know that Emperor Palpatine's in the movie, right? Like, <laughs> right, no, yeah. Knows that. that was in the trailers. The, the fucking, he uses his lightning in one scene, and they literally, like, bass boost it so it sounds like a <laughs> vine, and it's supposed to be this dramatic moment, and I fucking burst out laughing, and he's, like, killing people or whatever, but it's the funniest thing on the planet. It sounds like when Tosh dabs. Like, literally, actually. Yeah. It was just like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. That's so good. But like, that, I that, gotta that's see like it. The, that's like the antithesis of that other scene in The Last Jedi, where What's-Her-Face, like, goes into light speed, like, in the in the ship, like, through the other ship, and the, yeah. and the theater goes silent, and everyone in the theater's just like, oh, so hard. it's just like, oh, holy shit. It's like the opposite of that, because it's, first of all, it's literally opposite, because it's this blast of sound, and then everyone in the theater is like, <laughs> What the fuck? Like, it's not... It's just... It's uh, This movie might be bad. <laughs> I gotta see it eventually. Because cause here's the thing about me. I've, uh-huh. I've seen every Star Wars movie that has come out on opening weekend since I've been yeah. old enough to do so. Um, yeah. The things that I've seen before I saw this Star Wars movie Where it include, was all of them. Uh, include cats and little women. <laughs> <laughs> um, they so also... It's like, they fucking do maybe the... the they do one thing that's, like, legitimately a spoiler, and it's also maybe, like, the thing that has, like, enraged me in this in watching a movie in, like, a really long time. It's, like, the worst decision. I fucking hate it. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, just Okay, I'm just gonna put a blanket because I want to talk about this. I don't care about spoilers. Okay. Um, we're gonna talk spoiler talk about... Um, Rise of Skywalker Go for the next few minutes. Go back in time and, like, edit in a timestamp. I will. I'm going to put in a timestamp because I want to so, talk like, about this. So, like, you know when to rejoin the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Fuck so, I know, I know that Palpatine, or that Rey is Palpatine's granddaughter, right? Yeah, which is, so, which is such Harry Potter bullshit. Everything yeah. has to be related to each other. Right. It's bullshit. I do think, though, that if Rey has to be related to anybody, which she I want to say, she shouldn't be. She should be yeah, related to nobody. Be. But if it had to be somebody, I don't think Palpatine is the worst choice. Um, especially, I mean, obviously, but the movie isn't doing though? this. Who did that? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Tell me. Um, he could kind of get okay, it in the prequels. All, first of all, Darth Vader fucking picks him up and makes him and throws him into a chasm at the bottom of the Death Star, and he fucking explodes. And then the Death Star that he's in fucking explodes again, and they're like, Palpatine's back, and the, all the rebels are like, fucking what? Excuse me? And they're like, I don't know, Sith magic. And it's like, fuck all of you. <laughs> um, they, okay, they yeah. also... Okay, so the Force, like, in the original trilogy is, like, very abstract. It's pretty much, like, just... It's more of, like, a religious thing, and then they, like, use it to, like, feel other people's emotions and, like, push things around. 
and that's like the back extent of it. In this movie, they just do whatever the fuck they want with the Force, and sometimes <laughs> right. it's really cool, and sometimes it's really stupid. Like, Ray, like, fucking, like, saves, like, three people's life by, like, regrowing their intestines with the Force. Oh, what and the And then fuck? she fucking, like, hands Kylo Ren something through the Force on the other side of the fucking universe. And it's like, <laughs> what? No one has ever said that the Force can do this. And I get there's, like, books and stuff that are, like, out that are, like, expound on that stuff a little bit more. But, like, we've never talked about this in the movies, and now you're just, like, fucking juggling things through the Force, like, through the universe, like, it's nothing, and it's stupid. Okay, I do bristle at that argument, though, because that's exactly what people said about The Last Jedi, though. But what did they do in the... I guess, like, the hologram thing. But, like, that, I don't know. That's not as much of a stretch for me. Like, I feel like that kind of fits into the canon of things that we've kind of seen before. And I do also want to note Return of the Jedi... Where Palpatine just starts fucking shooting lightning at people <laughs> out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah. And we're I'm all like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess you can do that. Jackson, you can say the prequels are bad. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> no, Return of the Jedi, the episode six. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Because that's but the first no, time they do that's that. That's fine. That's like, I don't know, because he's like a villain. It's okay to me if he has like powers that are a little bit different. Like, I don't know. Right. Like, using like a life force for you. Palpatine fucking sucks the life force out of two people in order to get strong again. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> okay. And then okay, he says have... that on. Okay, real quick. One last yeah. thing. Uh, K- Kylo Ren and fucking. Kylo Ren and Rey kiss, and it's the worst thing. It sucks so fucking bad. It's the okay. worst. I hate it. Okay, I have one thing I want to say, and then we'll cut our Star Wars talk short. First of all, okay. because it's been too long, and second of all, because we will do an episode on it eventually. Yeah, we will. Um, See, I, I don't hate Rey as Palpatine's daughter as a decision, because, yeah. I mean, obviously I think I will hate it in the movie, but yes, if, if we were truly moving forward with the like Last Jedi principles... Having Rey have to reckon with the fact that she is from a lineage of Dark Force users but has to make her own path and decide for herself outside of this binary what she needs to do and she has these influences of Palpatine and Luke Skywalker both acting on her, I'd be like, hell yeah, this is a cool thematic idea that I'm really into. They kind of do that. Right. They they start to do that, but then because they brought in they brought back in that binary and like totally got rid of like the conversation about neutrality that they were having. It's just like fucking you're you're supposed to be a bad guy and she's right. like, but I want to be a good guy. Exactly. Luke Skywalker is a good guy and it's like, well, this is this is a stupid conversation because everyone <laughs> on the entire planet has already talked about this. We know that the good guys are good. That's yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Here's what I have to say about Harry Potter. Uh-huh, we're back. We're back. At the beginning, near the beginning, when uh-huh. they're getting in the vault, yep. Ron gets that beard. Yep. And he can fucking get it with that beard. All right. <laughs> beard rules. All right, Jackson. Ron should have kept the beard. He looks good. It does look good. Um, And just uh, like... I- Okay, real quick. This is kind of a nitpicky thing. First of all, I really like Albus's brother in this story. I like mm-hmm. his character, and I like... Because we've been having this conversation about, like, who was Dumbledore really, now that he's dead? And we only right, really right. have, like, half his past to look at. Like, he's not there to defend himself anymore. I think having his brother there, who, like, loves him because it's his brother, but also hates him because he feels like he was kind of betrayed. And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, another angle to Dumbledore that I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- this is a, just kind of a nitpicky thing. It's like Luna just kind of teleports around, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like she's she's at the house, 
when they get teleported onto the beach, and then she's just fucking back at Hogwarts. Like, she knows right. that shit has gone south, and she just went back to school anyway, <laughs> and it doesn't right. make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Luna should have been with them. Luna, like, Luna didn't do enough in this in everything. Luna should get to do more. I love Luna, and I feel like this... Because this, the Harry Potter movies try to create this gang of kids. It's like Neville, Luna, Ginny, and then the big three. And, like, these are, like, our guys. So, like, Seamus and Finnegan. Like, these are our homies. We've known them since first year. And then the movie just kind of goes, uh... Uh, actually, just the big three, actually. We don't care about all the well, other kids. Neville, like, Neville gets a lot to do. Kids. Neville gets a lot to do. Neville does great. Everybody else kind of gets shoved off to the sidelines. Ginny right. doesn't really do anything. Luna no, doesn't, doesn't really do anything. Do anything. Luna Jamis, does more than Ginny does. She does do more. than She tells Harry to talk to Ravenclaw because they're looking right. for a Ravenclaw thing, which she probably shouldn't have had to tell him because that's basic knowledge, Mr. Right. Harry Potter. <laughs> but then but, she gets you know. the good moment where she's just like, Harry Potter, get your ass back down here. It's yeah, really I good. do love that. She's just like, fucking Harry for the... S- <laughs> God, fuck. <laughs> And like I know Luna Lovegood, <laughs> I know Luna Lovegood is a very quirky eighth grader kind of character to like. Yeah, but she rules. She's very She's good. She's so likable. She's and so I nice. wish she were better. Um, well, it's because I don't know. She like. I, I, it, there's a lot of really vanilla characters in Harry Potter, and she's right. one of the few like regular people who's like not super vanilla. And, like, I want to know more about her, and I want to hang out with her more, because she's not vanilla, and we just, like, never do. We never mm-hmm. hang out with her as much as I want to hang out with her. Because right. every time she says something weird, I'm like, you live your best life, Luna. I was so on board. I have no idea what the fuck you're saying, but I'll speak my truth. <laughs> like, just every time she says anything. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, I, okay, uh, little moment, this is a little bit earlier. Um, Uh The moment right after they jump off the dragon and they're, like, changing their clothes and the camera is just, like, spinning around them Michael Bay style the entire time they're talking. Like, on Daniel Radcliffe's abs. (laughs) Yeah. Rules. So good. Um, (laughs) So good. But it's, like... beard. So good. Yeah. No, but, like, it speaks to that, like, subjective filmmaking I was talking about, right? Like, the way the movie looks at his shot is always so reflective of the emotional state of the characters it's focusing on. I think it's so cool. Um, And as well as that... Um, I love when they get to Hogwarts, when Neville's, uh-huh. like, about to introduce them, where Neville's like, uh, hey guys, I have a surprise for you. And then Seamus is just like, fuck off, Neville, what are you gonna bring us more dumb food, you idiot bitch? And then Neville just has this little, like, smirk, he's like, yeah, keep talking shit, check this out, bam! And, like, <laughs> everybody loses Seamus, their fuck shit. you! <laughs> it's just so good, I love Neville's, yeah. like, little smirk when he, like, introduces Harry, I think it's so good. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I really, I really like some things that we do when we get back to Hogwarts. I really like where they're, like, all in the room of requirements, and you can see they've, like, been camping out here. Is that where we are? Are we in the room of requirement? What's that room? Sure, I don't care, whatever. I thought, it, whatever room we're in. Like, Doesn't you matter. can see that they're, like, they're, like, holding out here, and that's just, like, a really, like, little detail. But then I also, like... God, that scene where you have all of the kids like group up together, and Albus and not not Albus and Snape is like Harry Potter's here. Which one of you fucks knows about it? <laughs> right. And it's just like, but it's just like this room full of children, and like it. There's this really like, there's this tension to it where you're like, oh fuck, Snape is gonna like hurt a child. Yeah. Like, cause Snape doesn't do anything in this movie except threaten children and die. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, look, he doesn't. 
He yeah. doesn't hurt. I mean, any there's kids. but that's just like a really cool attention to that scene where it's oh, like totally. you are at a school with children in it and a war is about to break out. Yeah. And that's a theme that this movie does a lot of and it's really it's really nice. And okay. then you I it's also kind of like a cheesy moment, but I do love that moment when like Harry steps out of the crowd and he's wearing the Hogwarts robe. Like it's such yeah. a gotcha moment. But, yeah, like, it's no, really good. it's like the perfect mic drop gotcha. Like yeah, cheer like, in the audience. Like fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I want to make a note of something. I talked yeah. about Cho Chang's American accent in a previous episode. Yeah. And in this movie, she's doing the laziest, worst English accent in it for no reason. Did yeah. you notice that? She was but like, Yeah, when she was talking to Luna, she said things really weirdly. Yeah, she's just like, Oh, you don't know about. This is how she talks. I'm going to do an impression of her. Okay. Oh, great. you don't know about the diadem? It's kind of like a crown. It's like, <laughs> That's it's her like English a tiara. accent. It's like a tiara. You're like, okay, cool. You picked a couple of words, I guess, to do English. <laughs> Great job, Cho. Proud of you. But yeah, okay. And that scene where fucking they all start to gang up on Snape and the Death Eaters, and then Professor McGonagall fucking kicks Snape's ass all the so way good. out of the room. Well, God, it rules so hard. I love her face during that scene. Because, like, at first, when she, like, just points her, like, wand at each other, they kind of share this look of, like, we used to be friends. Like, it's just, like, this, like, really powerful look between the two of them. That's just right. really good. Totally. And then McGonagall starts attacking him and just, like, pushes him out of the room. And it's so good. Yeah. No, fucking, oh, what's her name? She's on Downton Abbey now. Yeah. Um, what's that actress's name? God damn it. Maggie Smith. She rules in this movie. Yeah, she does such a good job. Like, she doesn't get a whole lot to do. No, but what but, she does, she fucking kills. Yeah. Like, t- Oh, God. Well, because there's, like, her, like, getting all of, like, the awakening, all the, like, stone knights, which is the dopest thing ever. Oh, really? I kind of don't like that. I I think it's, I think it's, like, a fun thing. That seems like something that a a wizarding school would have. Like, these knights that they could just deploy. I don't know. I think that's fun. And I like her being, like, I've always wanted to do that. Like, I don't know. I like that. I don't know. I just think the stone knights are, like, 10% too tacky. You know? Yeah. Well, it, it, they also don't do a whole lot. We exactly. We don't see them do a whole lot. Yeah. It's just, yeah. They, pretty cool, could have been way cooler. Anyway. <laughs> right. But, and then there's this shot where we, like, think that Harry's dead, and we just have a few shots looking at her, and her hair is, like, undone, and it's just like, ooh. <laughs> Oh, she's doing so such a great job. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I genuinely think Maggie Smith is delivering, like, the best performance in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Besides maybe Alan Rickman? Maybe. Um, yeah, because Alan Rickman's doing some stuff. He's doing... Snape is doing nothing. <laughs> right. But the scene where he's like, if any of you know where Harry Potter is, step forward. He's doing yeah. a lot on his he's face. He's doing a lot. In yeah. a really, I, I, really I wanted subtle to say, way. Like, just because I don't like Snape, I I have a lot of respect for Alan Rickman and the way that he plays the character. I think he does a great job playing Snape, even if I don't like Snape the character, you know? Right. Um, I Okay, here's my here's my next pitch for some pump up, for some punch uh-huh. up. What did I say? Let's start over. <laughs> here's <laughs> some pump up. Here's my next pitch for some punch up. Okay. Okay. Don't talk to Ravenclaw ghost. Talk to Moaning Myrtle instead. Yeah, where's Moaning Myrtle? Because we're so mean to her. <laughs> I am the I am the world's number one Moaning Myrtle stan, uh-huh. and she deserves to tell Harry where the diadem is. That's what yeah. I think. Well, and then they should make out and get married. <laughs> 
Well, because she had that cool connection with, like, Tom Riddle's diary because she knew what was going on with that. So for right. her to also know what's going on with the tiara is really cool. And also, I don't I don't like that we talk to the Ravenclaw ghost because it just sets up a lot of story that we don't get in the movie and we only mm-hmm. kind of get in the book. Like, I, if I remember correctly, she has, like, a weird relationship with her mother and, like, the <laughs> Slytherin ghost, like, murdered her because he loved her or something. Like, there's just a whole lot of stuff going on with this character that we don't have time to get into. So why right. would we... It feels like a mistake to bring her up. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's something valuable about, um, you know, pulling something in that you don't get to know everything about. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think the scene works dramatically. I think oh, the, totally. the stakes are clear and you know what she wants. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it would have been better mm-hmm. if they just talked to Moaning Myrtle instead. Yeah, I also hate, I as say. cool as that scene is, I well, first of all, going back to, like, horror-adjacent things, that scene where they're, like, Harry comes back and was like, yay! And then Voldemort's like, I'm here, and, like, starts talking to people's head, and all the girls start screaming. Yeah, it's really good rules. and really God, scary. God, it kicks ass. But then it's immediately ruined by everyone being like, all of the Slytherins go to jail, you vile <laughs> racist villains. And it's like, know, what the, the worst. fuck? That sucks. Just because fucking Parkinson or whatever her name is, just because she yeah. was a, a bitch, you're like, every single Slytherin, <laughs> you are the villains, leave. Like, right. What have we? What does everything that the series has stood for mean if we're just going <laughs> to assume that all the Slytherins are the bad guys? Like, yeah. they're not even like, it. like, uh, fucking... Because, like, okay, some of their parents might be Death Eaters, but for you to just assume that they're evil because their parents are Death Eaters, like, goes against, like, everything we've been talking about in this series. Right. What I would have loved a million times is for McGonagall to, like, kind of separate the Slytherins, but for her to be like, you need to make a choice. Like, you need to either be with us or you need to, like, go. But just the fact that they just, like, assume that they're all evil is so ass-backwards and it right. sucks. Totally. No, I agree with you. Or even, I don't know, you could have just put in a well, little set also... piece where you have, like, a handful of kids be like, oh, yeah, let's fucking get it. Let's do him. Let's start over. Let's fucking do it. Let's get him. <laughs> yeah, um, let's, let's capture him. Yeah. And so then you have, like, a little skirmish. It doesn't have to be a whole big thing. But it's just yeah. like, oh, these 15 kids were going to turn in Harry. They go to the dungeon. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be exactly. fine, too. Like, a group. And it could not all be Slytherin. It could just be a group of kids. That would be interesting. Yeah. JK? Yeah. Well, they also, another scene, because we talked about in part one, how they cut out that scene with, uh, not with Neville, with, uh, Dudley. what's his, with Dudley. They also cut out, well, it was just an alternate take where Draco goes over to the Death Eater side and then has that moment where he, like, runs back to the side with the Hogwarts students on. And that's so much better than him, than the Lucius's just, than the Malfoy's just leaving. Because I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get that. I didn't I didn't know what I was supposed to take away from that. Right. I mean, there's sort of a, a tenuous thread of the Malfoys starting to have a change of heart, you know? Yeah, well, and it's it's more, it's like they, they aren't evil. They are doing what they think is the best for them in the long run. Right. But when the Voldemort is no longer what's best for them, they just leave. And I don't like that. Yeah. What would you have it be instead? Well, I mean, it, I guess I would. I really like Draco going back to fight with his friends at Hogwarts. I like right. that a lot. I like because, especially because the whole point of Malfoy is that he's not evil either. He is this kid that's being manipulated by a babe. He he's like he's like the teen kids in Nazi Germany who are Nazis like just by default. Right. Like he's just like totally being manipulated by everyone around him to be evil, and he's not really that evil. Uh-huh. So for him to like 
have that, like, change of heart and, like, go over to, like, fight with, like, the people that he knows from Hogwarts and stuff. Like, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I want from Narcissus, Narcissa and Lucius, though. Right. Because Harry and Narcissa have this really cool moment where it's, like, for her, being a mother and caring about her son is more important than, like, her own safety with Voldemort. Right. Because she has them, because she's the one that says that Harry is alive. Mm-hmm. Or that Harry is dead. So, like, I... I, I guess her leaving would be fine because, like, she's done enough. Like, she's redeemed herself. She's done something good. But Lucius just, like, doesn't do anything and then leaves when his <clears throat> wife leaves just because that's his wife. And I, right. I, I, I have no respect for Lucius. I don't know what he stands for. I don't know what he wants. Yeah. I don't know. I also just appreciate that this movie's less than two and a half hours long. Also, uh, <laughs> um, understandable. Um, I really like them going back to the Chamber of Secrets. I think that's a lot of fun. That's really well. That's just another awesome set piece. Like, yeah, and there's like something the, so, almost endgamey about this movie because they're oh, pulling yeah. back in a lot of threads that you that you didn't really expect them to ever pull yeah. back from. You oh, know, when they go to the Room of Requirement and they set it on fire, it's just <laughs> yeah, it the rules. coolest thing. Um, it's so good. But yeah, no. So, um, are we? We're not quite there yet. I want to say yeah. that, like, the Ron and Hermione kiss is, like, super satisfying. Like, it really feels... Okay, weirdo. <laughs> but it is. It's, like, it feels, like, really genuine and really satisfying it to does. see. It's something you're rooting for, and it's not just like, oh, and then they're going to do that, I guess. You're like, hell yeah! Yes! I was waiting for this, and it paid off. God, I wish Ron had a beard right now that <laughs> I was Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> um... Do act like I'm a weirdo for being appropriately involved in the stakes of the movie. No, I know. I'm just laughing at you because okay. you've been phrasing things poorly. <laughs> um, and so when I, there's so another the- super quick, little tiny quick thing. I okay. love that when Neville gets really worked up in this movie, his like Scottish accent starts to come out. It's yeah. really fun to me. I don't know. It's just a little character quirk because there's that line yeah. where he says he feels like he could spit fire and it's just like in a complete Scottish accent. <laughs> I think yeah. it's so good. <laughs> Yeah. So we, we're at the point where Voldemort kills Snape, and that scene is super great because there's a lot of tension in it. And, like, Voldemort's, like, talking about the Elder Wand. Whoops, sorry. Because Voldemort is talking about the Elder Wand, but you know he's, like, actually talking about Snape, and you know he's gonna kill him. And it's just, it's a really cool scene. And he yeah. gets killed by the snake in the most vicious way possible. But the only thing that's ruined by him getting killed by the snake is that the way that Voldemort thinks it works is that he thinks whoever kills the previous owner is now the new owner. Like, you have to kill the old owner. And so he's like, you killed Albus, so now I gotta kill you. Are you about to say that the wand belongs to the snake? Well, I'm gonna say, if I'm just saying that Voldemort is an idiot, because, is this what this, because okay, the wand can't go to the snake, the wand just doesn't belong to anybody now, because Voldemort, you are the, you are the king of just saying Ivana Kedavra and pointing your wand at people, <laughs> like, that's all on. you fucking do, this whole now, series. Now, come on, Adeline, come but on. But now you're gonna he be like, the snake, snake to kill him. Snape, a snake can't have the wand, it goes to Voldemort. Plus, that's not even how it works in the first place. Yeah, so you're, he's you're just being wrong. willfully obtuse. No, I'm just saying, if this is the way that Voldemort thinks it works, why doesn't Voldemort just kill him himself? I just All don't right. understand, like, the weird, like, I, I, I don't want any blood on my hands, I'll have my snake do the dirty work. It's like, you you're Voldemort, why? just kill him. You know why? Because the scene's better for it. 
Adelaide. It is. It's very cool. I'm just yeah. saying it's, it feels weird, especially because Voldemort explains his whole thought process of, like, <laughs> I have to kill you, and then has right. his snake kill Snape, you right. know? Um, I want to talk about the body count. Um, okay. I touched on this Let in our last Harry Potter. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. But I had talked about in our last episode about how... Um, I feel like just killing characters is not always the best way to get an emotional reaction out of an audience, right? Look, I guess the only death in this movie that I really was like, that was cheap, was Lupin and Tonks. Yeah, because we that's don't what I was going to say. We don't even get, like, it, the movie doesn't even care about it. They're just like, right. and also Lupin and Tonks died. Isn't that sad as well? Uh-huh. Because, like, we have a moment when George dies, and that's a very good moment. But then... It, yeah, they just, the Lupin and Tonks don't get any emotional response. Harry just, like, looks at them and is like, oh, they're dead. And they goes to the pensive. Like, it's yeah. not it's not a good scene. Yeah. Well, let me let me say what I was going to say, which is that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think I, I underestimated, or I should say I overestimated how many of the deaths would be sort of pointless. Because a lot of them do serve a purpose, right? Yeah. I think it's important that somebody dies. When in the Battle of Hogwarts, because it it's critical for Harry's development to be like, oh, people are dying and getting hurt because of me. Somebody yeah. that I care about dying motivates me explicitly to go out in the forest and get killed by Voldemort, right? Yeah. So that's yeah, important. Yeah. I think so. Like for, I don't know. The the Colin dies, but that's not important. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> three people that are important die at the Battle of Hogwarts. I think you just pick one of them. I think any yeah. of them would have worked. You kill one of those three people, yeah. and then he goes in the woods and does the whole deal. You know. I'm glad that we. I'm glad that George gets like a longer time than Lupin and Tonks do, where we like have an emotional moment with Ron and uh, Molly Weasley, where we're like holding George and we're really mourning him. But right. that that's it's never going to be as good as the scene in the book because the scene in the book is just heartbreaking because right. you establish the relationship between like Percy, who's like kind of been on the side of the government and only now has like come around. And you mm-hmm. have this moment of, like, Percy and George fighting, like, Death Eaters around them, and then George gets killed, and it's it's really good. Yeah, I don't and, remember that, but that sounds good. It's really good. And then in the movie, they're just like, at some point, George died, and we're very <laughs> upset about it. Like, right. it's just, it's it's not as good. I don't like it as much. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to remember, because Snape has to die, obviously, that's very important. And yeah. um, who else am I forgetting in this movie? Who else died? Dobby. Um, I think that's it. And that's kind of all the important ones. Um, oh, besides like Bellatrix Lestrange and yeah, yeah. Voldemort, Bellat- but Bellatrix's death was not satisfying in any no, way. No, I don't think so either. It's I think it would have been satis- better. I kind of would have wanted to see what she does after Voldemort dies. You know? Yeah. Well, it's I, I remember it being satisfying in the book. I don't know how they did it differently. I remember liking it better in the book, though. Yeah. Because you have because you have this really cool... It's like the first time that you're seeing Molly Weasley like actually like fight, and that's a cool uh-huh. moment. And Even the though she's just at the school for absolutely no reason. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. But like, it's, and the fact that she's fighting Bellatrix, who's been such a force of like evil in the books, it's, it's a really cool scene. And then, like, they somehow, they make it, they make it too tongue-in-cheek, I think. Yeah. Like, that, the moment where she goes, not my daughter, you bitch, I don't know what it is. I think it's the music and the lighting. But it really just seems like wink at the audience, like, I said bitch. Like, it doesn't, 
yeah, totally. it doesn't feel it doesn't have as much emotion behind it as it did when I was reading it, you know. And, and then me, fucking Bellatrix explodes like a balloon, and it's like, well, <laughs> right, this, this has been stupid. Also weird. Um, yeah, it's also first of all, it just feels a little bit whack to me that Molly Weasley just fucking murks her, just kills yeah. her straight up. Well, because Molly, I don't remember if she says that after or before, but she says sometimes the unforgivable can be forgivable because they're talking about like on like forbidden curses and whatever. Right. Like, saying, like, you have to do some bad stuff. You have to kill some people right now in order to do something good. So that's kind of what they're talking about. Right. But because we don't do that in the movie, it does seem just like Molly's just down for murder. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. No, and um, the other thing I wanted to say was that, like, Bellatrix is kind of the only prominent one of Voldemort's followers that, like, yeah. has a character that we know who is still all in on this whole Voldemort thing by the time the movie's yeah. over, right? I would have liked to have seen her, like, react to Voldemort's death, you know? Yeah. When Voldemort dies, the Malfoys have already left, and Bellatrix Lestrange is dead, and Snape is dead, and he's not even really a Death Eater. So there's kind of not anybody on that side that we know left, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to see some sort of reaction from his followers following him dying. Like, do they all just go, oh, fuck, I guess we just go home. Yeah. Like, what well, happens? There's a really cool moment where Harry first gets up from pretending to be dead. And because we've talked about in the other one, like, how fragile, like, the bag, like, how the Death Eaters, like, seem. Like, it's all based on fear. So the second that that fear isn't there, like, they all kind of fall apart. And so that's a really cool scene where Harry Potter jumps up and then you see half of the Death Eaters just, like, disapparate and just, like, leave because they're like, holy <laughs> fuck. Like, right. Voldemort's going to be pissed and they just bounce. And I think that's a really cool moment. Right. And that's, and, because, like, it's, like, you see you see how truly weak he is, not just in, like, his health or whatever, but, like, in, like, the people around him are weak and don't want to be around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally forgot about the whole plot element that Dumbledore knew Harry had to die, like, from the beginning. That yeah. had totally left my mind. That is fucking stone cold. That is such a cool yeah, piece it's of writing. really good. Um... Uh, also, I'm, we're we're gonna ignore the Voldemort fetus. We're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> no, why I don't. I, think I don't it's cool. care. I don't care that it's a metaphor for his soul. It's fucking gross, and I don't want to look at it. For I hate some reason, that when he lifts up his little head, he leaves like a stain on the ground that his <laughs> yeah. face is like stuck to. I hate it. I don't. It's good. Uh, no bueno. For some reason, as a kid, I never like understood it. Like, I just always was kind of like, oh, that's some, like, kind of weird artsy metaphor thing that I don't understand. Yeah, but I'm it's not, not even trying to understand. It's not complicated. I don't know what I was missing. It's like, Yeah, oh, like it's his soul. When when Voldemort killed Harry, there's a little bit of Voldemort's soul that got killed with him, and that's it. That's the little bit of Voldemort's soul. Um, don't ask why it's a weird little fetus. <laughs> well, because don't it's so crippled it. and broken and Yeah, I know. I know why it's and, gross. Yeah, why, I just hate it. You are a child. You're being so immature. <laughs> it's, it's icky. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Um, the... Oh, what's something else? Oh, little thing. I wish the spiders were good guys. I do I, it. Yeah, because Aragon was kind of a good guy. Like he was, he was kind of neutral. He's like, I'm right. a big spider. I got, I got to kill some things to eat sometimes. But Hagrid is my boy. Yeah. I'm. St- I we're gonna eat you, but like it's not like a personal thing. <laughs> and it's but like so it when, doesn't really make sense. Comes, 
when push comes to shove, I think Aragon would be like, either way, I'm gonna get some eat some peeps, and I'm gonna be <laughs> on the side. Like, why would yeah? Why would Aragon's children go against Hagrid? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it doesn't really make sense for them to be fighting either way, frankly. But it makes slightly more sense for them to be fighting with the good guys. And yeah, well, in this if, movie, if they Hagrid... just decide to make him make him fight with the bad guys because spiders are scary. Well, if I remember, because Hagrid is captured, and it's I think. I don't remember why. It was like Hagrid went into the forest to, like, get somebody to help fight, and I don't remember who it was. It was either the giants or the spiders, where Hagrid was like, I'm gonna go get them to help us, and then he gets captured by Death Eaters. It was probably centaurs. It was maybe probably the centaurs. Yeah, where the fuck are the centaurs? (laughs) The centaurs are cool. Um, I love, um, the moment when, um, no, just a sec. Yeah, I love the moment when Harry does finally show up to Voldemort and Hagrid is there. And his reaction is so brutal because he's not, like, sad. He's, like, angry at him. He, like, yells at him. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, Harry? Like, he just thinks everything is has just crumbled around. Like, the fact that Harry is here is just, like, the final nail in this coffin to him, you know? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't... He's not like, oh, no, Harry, how could... Don't you understand? You'll die. I don't want you to die. He's like, yeah. fuck you, Harry. Why'd you do that? Yeah, it's kind of well, like... Cause... It's almost like an Infinity War when Doctor Strange gives him the time stone and Iron Man's just like, oh, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> like... Yeah. It's kind of the same it as gives... that. Yeah, well, it's because to Hagrid, he loves Harry, and he doesn't want Harry to die. But to Hagrid, Harry is also 12,000 other things and, like, represents so much more. And so for Harry, the person, to, like, be like, just kill me, Hagrid's like, fucking no. Like, you can't just do that. Yeah. So, okay. Here's a question. Uh Uh-huh. Why exactly does Harry not die? Because Lily loved him so much. Both times? Mothers, both times. Do they even, I, like, tell was, you? Or it, no, are they it, just, it, like... It's like... It's like... It's like the end of Frozen, where Harry kill, letting himself be killed is, like, his love for other people is, like, enough. Oh, okay. If I remember correctly, it's like the ending of Frozen. Right. But I don't think they even say anything in the movie. He just no, shows up No, in the movie, and... they're just like, he's back. He <laughs> just, like, shows up and Dumbledore's like, yo, you can go back if you want. And he's like, oh, tight. Yeah. Oh, cool, bye. Yeah, <laughs> it's do. like, it's like, it's like, because the whole thing is that love dupes anything, because right. fuck you. So it's like Harry loving his friends enough to die. Is what I believe the phrase was love die. conquers all, but love dupes anything works just as well, I guess. <laughs> love do be like that sometimes. <laughs> God, I would love if Dumbledore said that. <laughs> but, I've but, always but, been very proud of myself for being able to turn a phrase. But, <laughs> Let me amend my last one. Love, love do be like that sometimes. <laughs> but headmaster... When I was attacked by Voldemort as a child, why why wasn't I killed? Why couldn't Voldemort do it? Well, Harry, the thing about love is that it really do be like that sometimes. <laughs> and, and, anyway. Um, this, Allow this, me to fucking die. This, this jelly bean tastes like earwax. Jelly beans also do be like that sometimes. I look a lot of things mirror. do be like that a lot of the time. I look in the mirror, and I see myself with a very nice pair of socks. It really, really? do be like that sometimes, Harry. 
I, I see my dead parents. Well, it really, it really do it be really like that, be. huh? <laughs> Snape, you have to be the one who kills me. And then Snape is like, oh, it really do be like that sometimes. <laughs> and and he, he's crying while he says that. <laughs> this is my favorite bit on this podcast. <laughs> After all this time. It really what? do be like the that. Ca- what? Dumbledore, Dumbledore, what was that? What was that thing on the ground? Well, Harry. It really do be like that sometimes. You cut to Voldemort's <laughs> fetus on the ground. <laughs> Points to Voldemort's fetus. It really, it really do, be, do like be like that sometimes. <laughs> I love this bit. How All long right, can we anyway. do this before it stops being funny? <laughs> I, think we've, I think we've capped it. I think we've done it. <laughs> um... I love, just a great acting moment. Oh, another yeah. correction. I've been saying Ralph Fiennes this whole time, the guy who plays Voldemort. Apparently yeah. his name is Ralph Fiennes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up! <laughs> it's spelled in a funky French way. It looks like Fiennes. Apparently I... you just say Fiennes. <laughs> Fine. You thought you would just dab on all of them and just get really fancy with it? <laughs> Um, but he has this great little acting decision where he's, like, coming after people that, like, final time after he kills Harry. And yeah. Neville's just like, no, fucking stop. I have something I want to say. And he yeah. just, like, clenches his fist and bites his lip like he's fucking furious. And it's just oh, like, I know. Oh, I'd love to hear what you fucking gotta say, you little idiot. Like, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, well, because he's, like, he's kind of, like... Oh, it's such everybody is just acting to the max in this movie <laughs> right but like he's that moment where he's like smiling i think it's as neville's talking where he's just like gritting his teeth like it started yeah. as a smile and now he's just like clenching his teeth yeah. as hard as possible because like so it's so good the fact that he's like standing up to him like really infuriates him but he's also simultaneously really excited knowing he's about to kill his ass in like three yeah, seconds like, you know really entertained by it still <laughs> right yeah um and I mean, and then there's also like the stuff going on where it's like there was like the two kids born in July, and one of them could have been Neville, and one of them could have been Harry. So that's like another element to this that's really fun. Right. I also I love in Harry and Voldemort's kind of final battle. Um, yeah. That there's that moment where Voldemort just like gets all up in his grill and just starts beating the shit out of him. And just like kicks him yeah, with his hands. Really You're like, God damn it. That is so intense in this series yeah. of movies. And then I love it. I also love it when Harry calls him Tom. Like it's such a little yeah. thing, but it's oh. just like, oh. God, this oh, movie rules. This movie character rules. relationships are great. Um, and, like, and he's like, let's let's end this how we started together. Then they both fucking jump <laughs> off the building. It's great. God, this movie kicks ass and i remember i remember always being really confused by the way that voldemort actually dies in this as a kid because it's a little it's a little wibbly it's just like oh he make all of the sense he gets disarmed and then he just kind of withers away but like now that i'm able to think a little bit more strongly about it i kind of get it you know it's like he's torn himself into a million pieces in order to keep himself alive and all these things that he's been anchored to have been destroyed and he has this last powerful relic that's the elder wand that's sort of like holding him together and then he loses that and he just sort of he just kind of falls apart like he doesn't have any powerful magic left to keep him 
existing. Yeah, I get, I get him being super weak because he doesn't have the Horcruxes anymore. And then him... I You know what I would... I think would have made it... Make it... What would have made more sense. Instead of him, like, weirdly fading away, is if he just, like... If he just, like, collapsed. Because right. the whole thing is the body that he's in right now isn't his real body. It's that weird body that they, like, made using magic. Uh-huh. So for to, like, for Voldemort to just, like, leave that body, I think would have been... Maybe would have shown that a little bit more. Just that, like, more all sense. the magic... All of the magic that was tethering him has been destroyed has been taken away from him so now Voldemort like his soul just like leaves this body that he's been in I think that would have made more sense than him just kind of dissolving because he was upset that he didn't have the Elder Wall anymore what if he just like a big tantrum (laughs) what if he just like decomposes on the spot he just like collapses into a wet sloppy mess of nothing That'd be fucking gross. It's like his Jackson. blood and organs just go everywhere. He just falls apart. Yeah, that would, that would, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he reverts back into a bloody fetus. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, the, um, but I also remember that sequence being worded really confusingly in the book also. Yeah, in the book, it's, like, described even worse. Like, I feel like it makes the <laughs> right. most sense in the movie and then makes no sense in the book. Right. Because she tries to explain it in, like, flowery language and it just makes it make even less sense and it's not good. Right. Here, here's what I think I would do. Because there's been some language in the movie about pitying people like Voldemort, right? Who have no love, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I think there is something I, to say... Let, let me finish that, what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just saying that I think if he got the wand from him and he just, like, collapsed, and he doesn't, like, totally decompose, but he's just, like, clearly, like, so frail and, like, almost immobile and just, like, I don't know, like, doesn't have to be super disturbing, but he was, if he was just, like twitchy and kind of paralyzed yeah. and Harry could kind of stand above him and just be like mm, wow wow this guy he could just pity him you know yeah. for just being pathetic and angry and nothing anymore yeah before well, but I, then I guess in that instance it still makes you force Harry to just like kill him by his own hand which is a little weird well I mean but that's what's I don't think Voldemort has to die because we've talked so much about pitying people who don't have any love in their life and, like, Voldemort is, like, the absolute, like, the absolutely, like, what that is. Right. And, I mean, it's so telling that, like, Vol- Harry doesn't cast Nevada Kedavra. He casts Expelliarmus. Like, he's <laughs> right. not trying to fucking kill Voldemort. And it's, I I don't know. It's, like, this is how I felt during Endgame. It's, like, you don't have to kill, the spoilers, you don't have to kill <laughs> Thanos. You don't have to kill Voldemort. Like, it's so much more interesting for the villain to just be left with nothing. Right. And the hero being, like, I'm not gonna fucking kill you because I'm not you. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, that's, yeah. that's really great. Yeah. So you're saying he should just be, like, a frail old Mr. Burns body that they put in wizard prison at the end. I, yeah, I, like, kind of, like, live with the fact that you failed, asshole. Like, I don't know. I <laughs> right, think that's yeah. great. But now he has to spend like, eternity as a bloody fetus in the afterlife. But, it, okay, you're the only one who's saying he has to be a bloody fetus. That's not a part of this. <laughs> what? No, it's not. I, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> no, you're the only one who's saying he has to be a bloody fetus. This they is a rule sh- you made. They show him as a bloody fetus in the movie. But no, that's the his part spirit of his soul is a bloody that fetus. Died. But it's an I equal just, part of the soul that is in him. He doesn't have to be a bloody fetus. <laughs> <laughs> if okay, if he get if 
well, if Harry does that and then he turns into a bloody fetus, then Harry can just stomp on him because then there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing left for anyone. Turns into PT. <laughs> yeah. Um, puts him in the sink and just leaves sink. him there. Um, I really like. There's just a couple of images that really stick with me in sort of the wrap up where they're like just showing around like the characters in the castle. I love yeah. Neville just chilling with the sword. Um, I, know, I think I that's a that. super fun image because it's like, on the one hand, he's like just kind of a kid and there's nothing that special about him, but he's also wielding this cosmically powerful sword that only shows yeah. itself to the most deserving of people, you know? And I think there's something yeah. kind of poetic about it. Well, and um, I also love that just like, just Luna coming and sitting next to him. It's yeah. just really nice. These I've, two, never really, these... I've never really been that invested in the whole Neville Luna thing. I mean, they don't, the movie's not either, so you're you're good. <laughs> right. But, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just... Well, it I, it wasn't... I mean, there is, like, the romantic part of it, but for me, it was just, like, these are, like, two weird, like, kind of outcasty regular kids who have just done something extraordinarily good. Right. And for them to just, like, come together and just, like, sit down and just be like, yeah, we're fucking cool, dude. It's just... Right. It's just really nice. Right. Before we move... Oh, and the other thing is I really love Filch being sort of exasperated and sweeping up. Because I think that... It is very funny. Like, it's kind of funny, but it is also kind of a really genuine character moment, you know? Yeah. Like, he's been kind of the butt of a lot of jokes, but you can, like, really feel for him that he's, like, he really deeply cares about the castle and... Yeah, well, what he wants to do is the first thing he wants to do now the battle's over isn't to, like, sit down and relax. He wants wants to fix Hogwarts now. Right, yeah. Um, before we move into the epilogue, which I'm sure we have thoughts on, um, how would you like to hear some trivia? Oh, 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 good. Ooh. There's some real good, good. ones. Okay. This is oh, a special, good. this first one's a special edition, okay? Because I okay. want to point out that this exact piece of trivia is on every single Harry Potter movie's <laughs> trivia page. Oh, and I've, I've never brought it up because it's only medium funny. But it's on every single one of them. Somebody points it out every single time. This movie features two sets of twins. James Phelps and Oliver Phelps played Fred and George. And Amber Evans and Ruby Evans play characters listed as Twin Girl 1 and Twin Girl 2. Wow! <laughs> wow, so interesting! <laughs> it's... Yeah! <laughs> What what about what about Lavender Brown and her twin? What are the twins in this movie? Um, there's the two twin Indian girls. Yeah, what are their names? and the kind of the gag is that they're in different houses. Um, yeah, Pavardi Patel and the other one and her sister. Um, I'm pretty sure she doesn't have a sister in the books. <laughs> I could be wrong. No, because anyway. they take they take Ron and Harry to the Yule Ball. I thought that was just Pavardi and her friend though in the books. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, Adeline, did you know? Um, Did I know? When Chris Columbus wrote Young Sherlock Holmes, Watson believed Holmes obsessed over a case even at Christmas, because unlike other boys his age, he had no family to which to go home. Kind of like Harry Potter or Kevin McAllister. And Columbus has ties to the Harry Potter and Home Alone franchises. Where the... Wait, so this was on this movie for this film? For this film, yep. Wait, where, where, where is your brain going? Because first you're like, Sherlock Holmes is actually Harry Potter. You're on that train for a second. But then you jump off it and you're like, Christopher Columbus is making a cinematic universe out of his movies. <laughs> out of and kids that, who work at Christmas time. 
because of people who do not have family at Christmas time. That's, <laughs> all right. Um, Adeline, did you know that when Voldemort, Ralph Fiennes, said stupid girl about Ginny Weasley's outburst and reaction to Harry Potter's death, albeit briefly, it was an echo with the exact same inflection as Colonel Tavington, played by Jason Isaac's line, stupid boy, about Thomas Martin in The Patriot. In the film The Patriot, starring Mel Gibson. What the... That has fucking nothing to... It's not even the same line! It's not even the same line! Okay, only if Chris Fines was, like, specifically saying that he was, like, making a callback to The Patriot, a film that he was not in. Just, Just to clarify... Where's I? Where is your proof, <laughs> trivia writer? Like, wait, you can't just say things. <laughs> this, that's probably one of my favorite ones in this whole the history of the segment. <laughs> um. Okay. So we're in the epilogue, right? Nineteen yeah. years later. Yeah. They've all got kids, and they're all going to Hogwarts. Okay, like, everyone has already, everyone on the planet has already said this. Albus Severus Potter is the stupidest thing to name your kid on the planet. Moving on. I don't think it's stupid. I think it's cool. Okay. I think it's good. I think Harry has the right to respect Snape and all that he's done. But to say that he's the bravest man that he's ever met. He was brave. Seems like a... Seems like a fuck you to everyone else that Harry Potter has ever come in contact with. How many other people fucking talk to talk to Voldemort like straight up to their face Dumbledore? while just be Albus what? Dumbledore Potter <laughs> look there's well, like a thing that fucking I fucking Hagrid after fucking Hagrid who's done nothing but love you your entire life Harry you asshole what if his other kids is named after Hagrid though right I don't know I don't think so he's got like eight kids hold on he's got two kids I think Harry Potter. I think he has two boys and one girl. Names. Um, look, here's what I have to say. Um, okay. Snape is if, the okay, only Harry, person. Uh, hey, hey, is, hey, 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 no, hey. I has already started my thought. Let me go. <laughs> no, I'm interrupting you. If Harry is just like lying to his son to make him feel better about going to school, then I'm fine with this scenario. Wait, what? <laughs> He's <laughs> lying like, about you Snape. You are named after. The two coolest dudes on the planet, you are by proxy also cool, son. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, just a second. Because Snape is literally the only character in this whole franchise who the just talks thing. to Voldemort like a guy. Who isn't yeah. like a fucking groveling, stiveling weakling in the presence of Voldemort. Um, and I think there is something to that considering the fact that he has more to be afraid of than anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, here's the names of the kids. What about his fucking Sirius or Lupin? Or, um, like, okay, yeah. So, else? no Hagrid. James yeah. Sirius Potter, Albus Severus okay. Potter, and Lily Luna Potter. Luna's still alive, though. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a little bit of a weird one, but it's fine. Unless Luna's fucking dead, that's just weird. It's like if I had a daughter and I just named her Keisha, and I was like, yeah, what's up, Keisha? Here's my daughter, Keisha. (laughs) Um, Okay, hold on. Um, What about the Weasley kids? Let's see. 
this I is mean, one of them's named George. Okay, I, I don't know why J.K. Rowling thinks that people only name their kids like p- after people that they knew because they don't. <laughs> right. Okay. It hold just, on. Hold it on. Just, it just seems weird. God damn it! Why can't I just find somebody who says, "Here's what Ron and Hermione's kids' names are." Um, I don't think they're in the book. I'm one of those names like Rosie or something. I know that. Uh, hold on. I think they have like a son named George and a little girl named Rosie, if I remember. They that. have a daughter. No, that's just Ginny. Never mind. <laughs> they have a daughter named Ginny. Wait. <laughs> no, wait. That's just actually Ginny. Hold on. <laughs> um. Fuck off. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Um. Okay. So they have two kids. Their names are. Rose Cranger Weasley. Oh, cool. Hermione chose to to keep her last name. That's awesome. But Um, That's hilarious. Uh, Oh, I thought you were saying that was her middle name. No. It was Granger. It's a hyphenated name, Granger Weasley. Oh, that's cool. Which is the most hilarious piece of J.K. Rowling feminism ever, I think. Yeah. uh... Um, Anyway. So their names are Rose and Hugo. So that they're not named after anybody. Yeah, because they named their they named their kids like regular people. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um so now that we're at the end of this thing, we're at the very uh-huh. end of, of time. I mean, we're not all the way at the end because we're going to hit <laughs> Fantastic Beasts soon enough. Um, <laughs> but oh, and I should just say, um, our plan currently, before we move on to another franchise, we are going to take a break from Harry Potter between the core series and the two Fantastic Beasts movies. And we're going to do somewhere between three to five Pokemon movies. Um <laughs> We'll Only the funny ones. <laughs> yeah. We'll decide how many we want to do before it stops being fun. But we're going to do a few of those. Yeah. Um, at least the first three, we might go as far as to do, like, four and five, and we'll make a judgment call. We'll just, like, do the ones that we remember watching from right. Cartoon Network. We should probably do the fourth one, because that was, like, one of my earliest theater experiences, was Pokemon Forever. Um <laughs> So we should probably cover okay, but, that Okay, one. but Jackson, by that logic, we would have to watch the My Little Pony movie, and I don't think you want to do that. Wait, you mean the one where they're real adults? Where they turn into humans? Yep, uh-huh. Uh, Adeline, that's not even true, because you saw that. That movie came out when you were, like, 13. No, if we're talking about movies that we saw in that weird little theater, that's it. I was, But that was, like, the first movie I ever saw. That was, but that was the first movie I like ever saw by myself, like with a friend. But that's like, not that what was, I'm talking that about. Was like, Whatever, fuck you. <laughs> You're just fuck bringing you, up the My Little Pony movie fuck for you. no reason. We can fuck do you, it Jackson. if you want to. I was trying to fucking relate to you because I don't have any emotional connection to Pokemon Forever, and I was <laughs> comparing it to something in my life that you also have no emotional connection to. No. Fuck you. No. Fuck no. you. <laughs> what was the first movie you saw in theaters, Adeline? I don't Whitland. fucking know. Wallace and Gromit and the one where they're bunny hunters? I don't know. <laughs> it was probably Elf, right? I don't fucking know. Okay, fine. You just don't know. I know for me it was Pokemon Forever. Yeah, I'm like whatever. 80% Fuck sure you. it was Pokemon Forever. Fuck you. Um, so Fuck yeah, you. we should commit to at least Pokemon 1 through 4. That That's probably what we'll do. We'll do Pokemon 1 through 4. Um, and then we'll do Fantastic Beasts 1 through 2. Um, because <laughs> there's only two of them. Two of them. Um, so Adeline, now that yes. we're at the end of this thing, how do you how do you rank them? What's your official final ranking of the Harry Potter franchise? I for, okay, hold on. I'm literally googling all the names because I forget <laughs> the names it. of the movies. 
Harry Potter film series. <laughs> Just give me the list of names. Fucking. Okay, I think that the way that I gotta do it is I think. I think this one is my favorite. I think so too. And then Order of the Phoenix, Half Blood Prince. Prisoner of Azkaban. No, Goblet of Fire, then Prisoner of Azkaban, then Chamber of Secret and Philosopher's Stone. You left out the first part of this one. Uh, put that one in between. Put that one after Goblet of Fire. I think I'm pretty much on exactly the same page as you. I think it yeah. goes... I think the last one is my favorite. I think behind yeah. that is Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood yeah. Prince, and then Half Blood Deathly Prince. Hollows Part 1. Part one. Half Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows Part One are kind of equally really good, but also a little bit weird, you know. Yeah. Um, and and then... I of Fire's got a lot of really good moments in it, but like overall, it's not that great. <laughs> right. And then yeah, Prisoner, and then Prisoner of Azkaban is the first, or Prisoner of Azkaban is the first good one. <laughs> right. True. <laughs> and then the Chamber of Secrets and Philosopher's Stone yeah. are just both like movies that you have to watch when you watch all the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I feel weird about the fact that we don't like Prisoner of Azkaban that much. Because it's everybody's favorite. I mean, I it's definitely, like, the first good one. Yeah. Like, it's, it's good. And I just don't really get I just, it. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't feel as, like, soulful as the other ones, you know? It is, it's because it, we just, we just haven't established as much as we have when we get to, like, the, like, I'm having a stroke. Call 911. <laughs> it's, we Hello, don't, we, we just... Somebody on the other we side d- of the state from me is having a stroke. <laughs> Can you forward me but, to the other nine one one? The nine one one for them. Anyway, like it's we just don't have it. We just don't have as much developed as we yeah. do with like the movies like farther down the line. Like I don't like it's def- Harry Potter is definitely something that builds on itself and then gets better the more that we have like under our belt. Right. And I think like and like Prisoner of Ex- Azkaban is good. But there's just, there's not as much stakes yet. Like, there's, mm-hmm. like, when you get to Goblet of Fire, there are stakes. Like, when you get to Order of the Phoenix, there are big stakes. And, like, there's just, I don't get that as much from right. Prisoner of Azkaban. Totally. Okay, so, Adeline, do you want to hear a one-star mm-hmm. review of Harry Potter and the Death of the Hollows Part 2? Oh, I sure do. Uh, this person from Letterboxd.com gives this movie one star out of five. They say, I am grumpy that the Harry Potter books were made into movies. And only now, no. <laughs> when it is all over, do you voice your opinion? Your opinion. At the end like of the how... earth, you scream. I am grumpy that the Harry Potter books were made into movies. I like how honest he is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my name is then Jackson McMurray. <laughs> my name is Adeline McMurray. And this has been No Nerds Allowed. No Nerds Allowed. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Twitter, Twitter, Letterboxd, MySpace. Adeline has a Tumblr. Fucking. I, I, I listen. At this point, I don't have a Tumblr. <laughs> okay. But like everywhere. it exists. Follow it if you want. I'm not doing anything. At <laughs> No Nerds Pod, help me pass my college courses. At No Nerds Pod, everywhere. Get that education. Get that education. Links in the description, bitches. Links. It really do be like that sometimes. (laughs) It really do be like that sometimes.